Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Marquia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering in the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Before we get started... I wanted to mention that we'll be recording this podcast live on April 8th. Along with some super spooky stories we're working on, we, and by that I mean you and I, will get a chance to chat and I could answer any questions you have. I really hope you'll join me. The Something Scary live show on April 8th. Tickets available now on loopedlive.com. L-O-O-P-E-D-L-I-V-E dot com. So, for what we are here for today, something near and dear to my own horror heart, witchcraft. Witchcraft is many things. Primarily, the study and practice of magical skills and abilities. Some are gifted with a natural talent, such as being empathic of others' emotions, having a heightened sense of people's auras, or being able to see things that others cannot. Those with these aptitudes have been around for generations, most using their powers for good. But beware those with ill intent who practice wicked witchcraft. First, Actions intended to help cause lasting harm, followed by jealousy that kills a love triangle. Then, a battle between good versus evil. Finally, in our featured story, a sister seemingly consumed by greed. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. So, wanna hear something scary? Wicked Witchcraft. It's important to help others whenever you're able, but It's important to take care of yourself as well. If you're not careful, then your good deed could be severely punished. Like in this true story inspired by Emily. Thank you to one of our patrons, Denisha, 
whose name has been used as a character in this story. When I was 13, my mom married my stepmom, who was also a witch. Wiccan, to be exact. Or my stepmother's version of it, at least. Every Friday, we would have drum circles and celebrate all the pagan holidays. We all quickly became part of my stepmom's coven, and I loved it. I instantly felt like I fit in, because I could always sense others' emotions and was sensitive to spiritual entities. One day, my sister Danisha and I were going ghost hunting with some of our new friends. We drove to a place known as the Devil's Playhouse. It was a mining facility in Spring Canyon and was abandoned in 1968 along with the town. It was said that the building was haunted which was the reason why Dinesha wanted to go there. Once we drove up the winding dirt road and parked across the street from the building, we went inside. As we walked from one side of the building to the other, I felt the presence of two spirits watching us inside the doorway, across the building. I could see a faint image of a man and a little girl. I looked closer and saw the man's hands on the girl's shoulders almost possessively. Just as I was thinking that I had an overactive imagination, our friend spoke. I sense a little girl is with us. I looked at him, stunned. How could I be seeing what he had sensed? Even though I was more sensitive to the paranormal than most people, I had never seen spirits in as clear detail as I did that little girl. She had deep, dark brown skin with bright hazel eyes, and her black hair was in shoulder-length braided pigtails on either side of her face. The man, however, was harder to see. It was like he was always hiding in the shadows, while the girl was as clear as candlelight. Danisha suggested that we try to communicate with the girl. We made a makeshift Ouija board with a piece of glass and a hardback book we found. We started to ask the girl questions, having her move the glass to either side of the book for either yes or no. She was more than happy to answer, but I started to feel like someone didn't want us to talk to her. After a while, I suggested that we help her cross over. We linked our hands together to create a circle so we could safely send her on her way. As we encouraged her to go into the light, everything seemed to get colder and darker. So cold that I'm sure I would have seen my own breath if not for the encroaching darkness. I could feel the fear in everyone around me. But as we chanted, I just looked into the little ghost girl's eyes and nodded that it was okay to move on. She smiled, and the temperature and lighting suddenly returned to normal, and I knew she had crossed over. Once we broke the circle, I immediately felt my stomach flip inside out. I knew the man in the shadows was not happy. We have to leave. My sister spoke up before I had the chance. 
Clearly, she sensed the same thing I did. We quickly made our way back to the car. Denisha pulled out a smudge stick and started to clear away the negative energy we had collected while we were inside. As my sister smudged me, I heard a faint chuckle as someone whispered, It's not enough. No one else seemed to hear it, but I knew it was him, the man in the shadows. When we returned home, our moms were furious we went to the Devil's Playhouse. They told us it's haunted because there was a man who would kidnap and murder children in the name of the Devil there. After that, the accidents started happening. One by one, all of our friends that had accompanied us to the Devil's Playhouse died under mysterious circumstances. A car accident, a house fire, and a drowning. Until finally only my sister and I were left. We've smudged our rooms, performed cleansing spells and rituals, but each time I heard that same wicked laugh followed by a whisper. Never enough. Denisha and I both knew that it was only a matter of time until an accident took our lives and we joined the shadowy man at the Devil's Playhouse. Thank you so much, Emily, for sharing this inspiring story with us. So, listener, have you ever tried to help someone and had it backfire on you? Were you ever in such a daze that you maybe didn't remember what exactly happened in that situation? And how about you tell me What are some other ways that you could help a troubled spirit? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can change your clothes, your house, your surroundings, but until you make a change within yourself, your troubles will haunt you wherever you go. 
like in this story, inspired by Amy. Felicity and Renard thought moving to a new town would signify a fresh start. Felicity, a well-respected heart surgeon, and Renard, a dentist, had just celebrated their 20th anniversary when Felicity caught her husband cheating. This wasn't the first of Renard's indiscretions, but it was his first time getting caught red-handed. Her mother had warned her about marrying him, but ironic as it is for someone in her profession, Felicity was naive in matters of the proverbial heart. The house they found was gorgeous and below market value. The realtor confided that it once belonged to a coven of witches, and many claimed it was still haunted by their presence. But Felicity didn't care if there were a hundred witches haunting the place, for this stunning of a house at this price, they would live with them. All she wanted was for her marriage to work. Renard figured others' bad luck was his gain. Plus, he owed this gift to Felicity. He also hoped that things would be different in this house, or at the very least, he wouldn't get caught. It took one month for the ghost to show herself. A full-figured, corseted woman wearing drop pearl earrings with a crimson red dress appeared in the doorway when Felicity was doing the laundry. You'll want to check those shirts for lipstick stains, the ghost said with a smirk. Then she disappeared into thin air. Felicity was terrified. She convinced herself that she had imagined the ghost despite knowing better deep down inside. However, she started seeing the ghost more frequently. It was as if it was trying not to scare her with its appearances, looking down on her and smiling from an upstairs window or sitting in the rocker on the front porch, always warm to Felicity, always smiling. Eventually, Felicity felt comforted by the ghost's presence, especially as her husband's hours away at work grew longer and longer. The ghost of the witch in red even proved to be helpful at times. When Felicity misplaced something, it would randomly appear when she mentioned it. Once when running late, the ghost located her car keys and in doing so, saved the life of a local barber who had gone into cardiac arrest. As the days turned to months, Felicity began to consider the ghost her friend. One day, Felicity found a receipt from a jeweler in Renard's trouser pocket. It was for a bracelet with a heart charm. It seemed like an unusually thoughtful gift from her husband, and that pleased her. Perhaps this fresh start would pay off. However, her birthday came and went, and she never received the bracelet. She felt that sickening, but all too familiar feeling returned to the pit of her stomach, but decided to ignore it. She wasn't good at facing the truth when it came to her husband. Felicity decided to surprise Renard at work with lunch on her day off, and her heart sank as she noticed that Debbie, his dental hygienist, wore a bracelet with a heart-shaped charm. Before Renard returned home, the ghost, whom Felicity had come to regard as a celestial housekeeper, placed Renard's laptop on the kitchen table. His emails were open, 
Felicity read the screen. It was an email sent from Renard to Debbie. It read, Debbie, I can't leave my wife. She'd die without me. I've never loved anyone as much as you. You were always in my heart. Love, Renard. Felicity smashed her plate on the floor and let out a scream. They'd been making a fool of her for months. Despite the heat radiating from her body, Felicity felt the temperature of the room decrease. Then, the ghost in red showed herself and spoke. The rumors about me are true, you know. I was a witch, and this home was my coven, and open to all of my fellow witches. I loved them all like daughters, until one of them betrayed me. I found her with my husband, my Wilfred. So one night, I bashed their heads in, right here in this house. As easily as she appeared, the witch in red was gone, leaving Felicity to her thoughts, which were becoming increasingly darker by the moment. Finally, the weekend came that Renard had been looking forward to. Felicity had a conference out of state and would be gone for the whole weekend, which meant that at long last, Renard could spend some real quality time with his beloved Debbie. He invited her over and lit candles all over the house to make it romantic. As he placed the final rose petal, the doorbell rang. Renard hurried to open the door and was greeted by a baseball bat to the face, which crushed through his skull and killed him instantly. When the authorities discovered his body the following day, Felicity was the obvious suspect, but she had a solid alibi. She was, in fact, at a conference and didn't know what had happened there that night. However, When she finally returned home and went into her bedroom, she found, laying on her dresser, the bracelet with a heart-shaped charm. The witch in red appeared to her once more and whispered, He didn't deserve you or my house. Thank you so much, Amy, for inspiring this wonderful vengeance tale. So, how about you, my dark darlings? Has a ghost or spirit ever been helpful to you? If you could, would you use their powers for good or evil? And would the presence of an entity make you move from your own home? You can only ignore that bad feeling for so long before it consumes you and everyone you love. Like in these true events inspired by Oscar. Ozzy was seven when his sister was born and his family moved into a new apartment. From the moment he set foot in his new room, he felt peculiar vibes. He always had the sense like he was being watched from the closet. Closing the closet doors had calmed his nerves a bit, but he still never felt fully at ease. 
strange things would happen, like items from his room would be moved to different spots of the house or go missing entirely. His fears worsened one night when he felt his blanket being slowly pulled off his body. He squeezed his eyes shut and counted to three to gain courage, then quickly pulled the covers back over his head. In the morning, he noticed that the closet doors he knew he had closed the night before were wide open. From that night on, Ozzy always made sure to tie his closet door shut with a shoelace at night before bed. This helped for a few months. After a few months in the new place, his grandmother Dolores came from Peru to live with them to help with the children. She was a beautiful, dark-skinned, spiritual woman who dressed in traditional poncho and always had a particular sense for people's energy. Knowing his abuela had a sense about these things gave Ozzy some relief until his closet doors started coming open again at night. First, just a crack. Then each night, the door would be open more and more. The string on the door no longer worked, and his abuela had not mentioned observing anything out of the ordinary. One night, after waking from his covers being removed again, Ozzy finally gained the courage to sit up and look at who or what was watching him. In the closet, he could see what looked like the blotches left over from staring at a bright light, except these blotches were red in color and slowly coalesced into the shape of a man. As Ozzy pulled the blanket over his head, he felt his body lift off the bed, and the next thing he knew, he was being hurtled down the hallway. His body hit the floor hard as he landed with a bang against the door to his abuela's room. This roused everyone in the house, and Ozzy couldn't really explain what had happened. As his parents tended to him, his abuela went back to her room. She retrieved a bottle of holy water and blessed salt she always kept on hand. She sprinkled the holy water down the hallway and straight into Ozzy's bedroom. When she arrived in his room, she yelped. <coughs> Ozzy and his parents rushed in to find her standing before the splotchy red figure. To everyone's shock, Abuela pressed forward. She seemed fixated on the image as she chanted in Spanish and doused the red man in holy water. She poured a line of salt between her and the man. She would chant, then focus, then chant again. Ozzy saw the red man cower as if he was being tormented. Whatever she was doing was working. The red man made one more move towards Ozzy, and as Ozzy flinched and squealed, the red figure vanished into thin air. Ozzy's abuela fell to the floor, her knees giving out below her. When she caught her breath, she explained that the apparition was the previous owner of this house. After his wife and son abandoned him, the man took his own life in the little boy's room, Ozzy's room. The man was searching for his son when Ozzy and his family moved in. 
he would check every night to see if the boy laying in bed was his son, but was never sure until Ozzie finally looked back at him. Enraged at having lost his child forever, he threw Ozzie out of the room. Ozzie was mortified at hearing this truth. At the same time, he was moved by his abuela's strength and power. He burrowed deep into her chest, hugging her tight and begged to know how she knew all of this. She held Ozzie in her arms and told him stories of how she has communicated with spirits for years and felt it her duty to protect those still among the living. However, Abuela warned they were still not rid of this spirit. The following day, the family removed all the items from their home and Abuela spiritually cleansed every room. Everything seemed resolved, but just to be sure, Ozzy always tied his closet doors shut. Thank you so much, Oscar, for inspiring this story. So, my dark darling, who do you look to in your family for protection? In particular, spiritual protection. Have you ever seen someone no one else believed was there? Do you have a faith in something, in anything, that would protect you if you did see something that no one else could see? They say that every piece of jewelry tells a story. So you choose wisely when you accessorize, because if you choose the wrong piece to wear, you'll soon discover that not all stories are meant to be told. Anaya's older sister, Farah was fascinated by old world goddesses and myths. She was always burying her head in books about the witches that roamed Turkey and the mother goddesses they worshipped. Farah, who adored her little sister, would take Anaya along with her wherever she went, including her explorations into the world of witchcraft surrounding their village. On one of their adventures, Farah became awestruck by a gold necklace that looked centuries old. And Aya thought it gave off bad energy, and just looking at it made her queasy. But Farah seemed entranced by the necklace and spent all of her money to buy it. Immediately, when Farah donned the necklace, she seemed to beam with pride. Anaya tried her best to keep her distance as they walked home. The closer she got to the necklace, the more uneasy and nauseous she became. She couldn't understand why Farah was so drawn to it. Farah, however, insisted that her sister try the necklace on, hoping to change her mind about it. Farah clasped the necklace around Anaya's neck, who immediately felt a wave of repulsion overtake her. Suddenly, Anaya felt something push her hard to the ground. She twisted her ankle in the process and gashed open her wrist, trying to catch her fall. As she bled, her sister had other concerns. Oh no, the necklace, Farah exclaimed. Yeah, don't worry about me, snapped Anaya, quickly removing the necklace. They agreed the necklace was better off around Farah's neck. Anaya still felt there was something off about it, 
Esfera had never cared for material things more than her own sister before. As time went on, Farah seemed to become more and more obsessed with the necklace. She never removed it and often stayed in her room for hours on end, admiring it. And Aya watched as her sister went from an adventurer to a shell of herself. And Aya even thought that late at night, she could hear Farah talking to someone, but she never heard a second voice. On one of the rare occasions that Farah left her room, Anaya decided to sneak inside and borrow some of her books. She hoped to find a way to help her sister break free from whatever curse or spell she had fallen under. Spread open on her sister's vanity, she caught a glimpse of a map of a place called Yusek. It's another region in Turkey not too far from their home. Anaya could not understand what the significance of this was, but she was certain it had something to do with the necklace. That night, Anaya heard her sister talking again. She quietly peered through the crack in the door. She was shocked to see a tall man with a thick black beard draped in a fancy robe and jewels. He towered over Farah and the map. She heard him mention something about stolen treasures, but as she moved closer to hear them better, her wrist burned and her ankle throbbed as she felt that same wave of repulsion nearly overtake her. Anaya retreated to her room and used her sister's books, along with the internet, to research the necklace. She discovered it was once owned by a king with a thick black beard named Croesus. The king's necklace was cursed with his greed, and whoever wore the necklace would become obsessed with finding the king's treasures. Once discovered, they were bound to the treasure until they died and their souls joined the king's bounty. She also learned that only those blessed with Nazar, the gift of sight, would be repelled by the necklace, but were the only ones that stood a chance at breaking the curse. Anaya now understood what she had to do and began studying the witchcraft in her sister's books. However, before she could put her studies to use, Farah went missing. Remembering the map, Anaya followed it to the king's tomb. She found Farah inside in a trance as she followed the apparition of the bearded king deeper into the crypt and its hoard of treasures. King Croesus, Anaya screamed so loud her chest burned. You cannot have her. The ghost rushed towards her and let out a blood-curdling cry. The slash on Anaya's wrist split further up her arm while her ankle shriveled, cracked. Through excruciating pain, she lunged at Farah and ripped the gold from her sister's neck while repeating the words, the mother goddesses release you from torment. The king's tomb began to tremble and break all around them. With the last of her strength, Anaya pushed Farah aside. The gold necklace crumbled to dust as she watched life flood back into her sister's eyes. It was the last thing Anaya saw as the falling stone sealed her inside the tomb. Farah was safe, and that was all that mattered. The bearded king appeared before Anaya with a sinister grin. 
She wasn't the treasure he'd wanted, but she was still a treasure nonetheless. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.